So good morning, Eastside family. We want to let our children, ages three through third grade, make their way in that direction to junior worship. As they're doing that, I'm going to ask everybody else to take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Luke chapter 18. And as we're turning to Luke chapter 18, I want to remind you of a a very important aspect of our worship assembly, and that is our offering that we bring to God. We are making it possible for you to worship God in four different ways through your offering. You can mail a check to the church address. You can give an automatic draft through your bank. You can go online to our website. There's a quick and easy box there. Click on that where it says give. It's about as simple as it can be and follow the directions. Or if you're with us in person, there is a... um, about a box right there on the table that you can give your contribution to on your way out. And if you are not with us in person, we are absolutely delighted to have those of you who are with us uh, through the avenue of live streaming. You're just as much a part of this family. We are humbled and we are honored to have you with us today. So we're, we're walking through Luke and we're, our goal is to... to Become disciples of Jesus. Be disciples of Jesus. And a disciple is a follower of Jesus. And so as we are walking through Luke, learning what it means to follow Jesus, it is extremely clear, as we saw last week, that prayer was an important part of Jesus' life and Jesus' teaching. I would say that it's impossible to be a follower of Jesus and prayer and not be an integral part of our lives. Honestly, I believe that one of the most important things that we can talk about and focus on is prayer because prayer is at the heart of a relationship with God. And it is out of a relationship with God, I am convinced, everything else in our Christian walk flows from that. And so I believe this is incredibly relevant, incredibly important. And so today we're not looking at the example of Jesus, but we're looking at his teaching, a parable that he gives us, a very intriguing parable here in chapter 18. Follow with me as I begin reading in verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me, or your translations may just wear me out. Verse 6, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I guess as I'm aging, there are things that I lose my memory of, but I very vividly remember, you know, you know stories and read things in the Bible, and all of a sudden, this, that verse comes alive. I, I remember the time when, when God brought this story or this parable to light in my life. Karen and I were still living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so that takes us back at least eight years 
And I got up one morning, and, and as it often does in southern Louisiana, I'm not, it doesn't just sprinkle a little mist. It's just torrential downpours. And so I was sad, and so were my two dogs. We couldn't go for our walk. So I made a cup of coffee, and I took Bella and Theo outside to our covered back porch with the intention to pray. But I, I stood there with my cup of coffee looking at the rain, and, and I, I couldn't pray because I just didn't want to pray. And finally, I just kind of mustered up these words to God, and I still remember them to this day. I said, Lord, you know, right now, okay, I, I, part of me knows I should, and part of me wants to pray, but to be honest, I'm not sure it will do any good. I, I was really discouraged. And, and, and a whole lot of it came from Every morning I'm walking and I'm praying for these things, certain things, and I've been praying for them for so long, and it's just like nothing. Like, is, is God listening? Are my prayers being answered? Are my prayers going anywhere? And that was years ago, and just to be very transparent with you, I still sometimes find myself in that same place of wondering, does it do any good to pray? Friday of this week, someone who I just, if you could see my heart's love for, for Stephen, he doesn't live here. I've been praying for Stephen for for years, for three specific things that he desperately needs in his life. And these three things would make an incredible difference in his life. And I have been asking again and again and again for these things for Stephen. And absolutely nothing, none of these things are happening in Stephen's life. And he and I talked, I was on my way home from a hike, and I, I called him on the phone. And he's at the point of giving up on his life. Because of these three things. And I got off the phone and it's like, how do you pray? I have been praying about those things and I got off the phone so wearied. And I, and I know like, wow, what a great way to start a sermon. How depressing. And I know maybe the other side of it is like, preachers aren't supposed to feel this way. They aren't supposed to say these things. But it's honest and it's true. And I'm guessing there are some of you that battle with that as well from time to time. Evidently, Jesus knew that he would have followers like me who would sometimes become discouraged and feel like giving up in prayer and so he gives us this parable. Now, you know, there are a lot of things when you, when you read the Bible you, you struggle to understand. That just happens. And there are even sometimes a parable. They're supposed to be simple, but sometimes you read a parable and you're sitting there going, I'm not sure if I get the point of that parable. That is not the case. If you miss the point of this parable, 
I don't know how I can help you because Luke, by the Holy Spirit, makes it incredibly clear. Here's the point of this parable. In verse 1 we read, Then Jesus told them this parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And so if you don't get anything else out of this today, God's word to you clearly from this parable is always pray. Never give up. I think we need to hear that. Because statistics and research show us that most Christians are not really praying much at all. They struggle to pray. They struggle always to pray. They struggle to to pray without just getting discouraged and giving up. The New Testament gives this parable the title, The Persistent widow and so it's the story of this widow and she needed help from a judge and she had come to him as as I read to you many times asking for help and many times he had refused her help but finally it's in like love the way Jude Jude, (laughs) I've preached you for so long I can't get him out of my mind I love the way Luke describes this judge that even though this judge wasn't a nice judge he didn't fear God he didn't care about people I mean I don't want to stand before this guy in court because this woman this widow it says and these are not my words this is the text she kept because she kept bothering him in verse 5 it, it, it goes on to say it was wearing him out or he was feeling like he was going to get attacked. That word wearing out is a phrase that if you were to look at the literal meaning in the original language, it means to beat black and blue. Figuratively speaking, it means to give one intolerable annoyance. This widow was annoying. She was getting on this guy's nerves. She was pestering him with consistent, continual, persistent request and interruption. It's kind of like the, the picture of the child that you see on the screen. It's just, mommy, 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 mommy. It just won't stop. It's like those telemarketers who continue pestering us to extend our car warranty. I sometimes wonder how many more times am I going to receive that final notice to lower my interest rate only to have them call back again to offer me again that final notice. And so evidently this widow's kind of like that. She's thinking, if I just go at him again and again and again, and if I just beg him, eventually I'm just going to break this guy. To the point he's going to get so tired of being bugged that he's just going to say, all right. So that is what Jesus is teaching us about in prayer. If you, just to say, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, the next morning, help me, help me, is that it? If you, is, is the point here that if you want something, you need something, just go to God again and again and again. Bug him and pester him to the point he gets so incredibly frustrated. He says, fine, here you go. Now, could this please stop? Is, is that how we're supposed to understand this parable on prayer? Well, first of all, 
you don't have to, again, you don't have to wonder what's he trying to say here. It's really clear. The point of this parable is clear. It says here to always pray and never give up. Like the widow, this is our, our main character, like the widow, be persistent. But now here's where my train of thought went when I, when I got to that understanding. Be persistent. Why do you have to do that? Why should we be persistent? Why doesn't God answer my prayers the first time? Why should I have to say to God, help me more than once? Why should I have to ask God to help me at all? I have to ask him for that? Well, you figure that out in your life groups. <laughs> well, I, I, I thought, is it like he wants me to ask again and again and again and again to say, hey, you see, I'm really serious about this. Is it to teach me to be humble? Is he trying to teach me or to, to help me learn that I'm not always going to get what I want immediately so that I don't take him for granted? Is he, is he wanting me to learn to be patient, to learn to trust him? Is he wanting me to wait on him when I don't get what I want? If he knows I need something, why didn't he just give it to me? Why? It, it's, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm asking for, it's not like I'm asking for a Maserati or, or something like that. I'd be all right if he gave that to me. I'm, I'm crying out. For good things, at least from my point of view. I'm, I'm praying for my children here. I'm praying for my friend who's desperately in need. And if he knows that, he knows that person, he loves that person better than I do, why do I even have to ask? If I, well, if I, I do have a daughter, she doesn't live at home anymore. But if my daughter is sick, and she needs medicine, I'm not going to wait until she asks me for medicine to give it to her. Okay, but let's say I'm oblivious to the fact that she's sick and she needs medicine. Let's say she does ask me. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm gonna, if she asks me once, I'm going to give it to her immediately. I'm not going to think, well, once she asks me again and again and again and again, eventually, just to teach her an important lesson, then I'll give her the medicine. Isn't God my father? Wouldn't God, who knows and wants what is best for me, do the same? So why? <laughs> well, why should I be persistent in prayer? What's the point of this parable? I guess there's probably many points we could come up with. You unpack that in your, the life groups that are meeting in the summer. I'll give you two answers to what I believe to be the point of the, the minor point and the main point. The minor point, I would suggest, is this. is First of all, the point of this parable isn't that God answers persistent prayers because he gets tired of being bothered like the judge. That, this is not a comparative parable. This is a contrastive parable. The point is God's not like that judge. The point is that if a judge who doesn't fear God and doesn't care about people, if he responds to persistence, then how much more will a good and loving God 
respond to his chosen ones, Luke calls them, who come before him? I think that's one obvious answer. As a matter of fact, that's the answer, or that's the main point in Luke chapter 11. It's a parable that Jesus teaches. Last week, we looked at the, the Lord's Prayer, and right after that, in continuation on prayer, Jesus teaches this parable that makes this basic point that God is a loving Father who wants to give us good things. He's not like this judge. But I don't believe the main point in Luke 18 is say, look at how God is, although I believe that's a big deal there. It's for us to be like this widow to always pray and not give up. And I believe that's the main point because that's what the Holy Spirit told Luke to put there in verse 1. There's something more at work here in this parable. Why should I persist in prayer? What's the point? And I think the answer is found in looking at this verse that feels like that just doesn't fit in at all. He just tossed it in. What's it doing there? It's very important. Verse 8. Which reads, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So here he speaks of faith. And if you've been reading the Gospel of Luke, this is a huge theme. Faith is a huge theme throughout Luke. The book of Luke is taking us on a journey of faith development with the disciples who came to Jesus with very little faith. And Jesus by his life example, Jesus by his teaching, and Jesus by taking them through these life experiences is strengthening and developing and deepening their faith as he is us as well, the readers of Luke. And so in the middle of this context of this whole gospel of Luke, working, developing faith in the followers of Jesus, we have this parable that ends with this comment on faith showing us that prayer and faith work together. They go hand in hand. It is there in prayer that my faith and strength are developed. Therefore, when Jesus closes this parable by saying, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It could be the equivalent to saying, when the Son of Man comes, will he find those who pray and never give up? Those are people of faith. People that God is looking for. So then... I begin to think further with these questions. Well, what would my faith be like? What would my relationship to God be like if I didn't have to ask? Because, I mean, you feel like I shouldn't have to ask. What would it be like if I never had to ask God for anything? Anytime I wanted something, anytime I needed something, God just gave it to me. Well, I'm kind of thinking that I would be tempted to spend less time in prayer because I don't need to because he's going to take care of me anyway. So prayer would be very absent in my life. Or I thought, well, what if, what if whenever I prayed and I asked God for something, if he just gave me something immediately the first time I ever asked, then I thought, what would, what would my faith be like? And what would my relationship to God be like that if he just immediately answered my prayer the first time? I've got a feeling that I would become very spoiled, very feelings, having feelings of being entitled, being demanding, not really learning to trust him, not learning to wait on him, not really growing to have a faith in him because I ask, boom, it's there. I believe that not always getting what we want when we want, it should keep us ever before God in persistent prayer and that's where 
God wants us to always be because it's there in the place of prayer that God has something greater to do in our lives than just give us what we want. It's there in the persistence of prayer that God is working on us to develop people of greater faith. That's His greater purpose with prayer. Now let me work to prove or strengthen that point by looking at this parable in its larger context. This, this is really, stay with me. It may get complicated, but stay with me. I want you to notice in verse 18, the words, when the Son of Man comes. So I believe that's a, that's a clue in verse 8. I said verse 18, excuse me. I meant to say verse 8. When the Son of Man comes, yeah. In verse 8, it says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? This phrase gives us a clue to understanding this parable, but what we've got to do is we've got to zoom out and see this parable in its larger context. Right before this parable, Jesus is teaching in verses 20 through 37, His disciples are saying, tell us about the coming of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is talking to them about the coming of the kingdom of God, which was brought about by the coming of the Son of Man. So right before this parable, Jesus is talking about the coming of the Son of Man. Then he gives this parable, and at the end of this parable, he says, when the Son of Man comes. And so right in the middle of this discussion of the coming of the Son of Man, in a verse that says, when he comes, you have this parable. So this parable is not, let's talk about this and come back to my point. It's a part of this discussion of the coming of the Son of Man. We understand this parable in that larger context and so you back up and read verses 20 through 37 and Jesus is talking about this time of the coming of his kingdom and the coming of the son of man and I believe its fulfillment was there in the first century and he describes it and you look at its parallel text as well in Matthew and I believe also in Mark it's a really tough time Jesus' disciples are getting ready to go through incredible pain incredible grief they're going to go through trials in horrible persecutions. And we know historically speaking and we know biblically speaking that they did experience that. These guys were imprisoned. They were beaten. They were tortured. They were burned to death. They were beheaded. And you've got to know that during this time they must have been praying for relief. But relief wasn't coming. And the trials and the persecution just were intensifying. And so you can imagine the temptation of the disciples to think in the time of these persecutions intensifying. Here I am praying and there is no change. My problems, my trials are getting worse and worse. Like I don't think God is listening. Why should I even pray? And so right after describing this time of the coming of the Son of Man, Jesus gives this parable to tell us that in such times... You keep praying. Don't give up. The point being that our persistence in prayer must match and go beyond the persistence of life's troubles. For regardless of how and when our prayers are answered, it is in prayer that our faith is strengthened. And as it is this faith that God is strengthening that enables us to endure life's troubles and to become the people that God wants us to be that was a long sentence that is God's greater purpose with prayer but we do crazy thing 
just the opposite. Trials and difficulties and problems come on in our life and then we just kind of give up and quit praying. Jesus says, no, no, you do just the opposite. God's main desire and goal for us in prayer isn't always to give us what we want when we want it. His greater goal is to draw us unto himself and keep us ever in his presence. And it's there in the persistence of prayer. Not that we're working on God, pestering him to get what we want, but it's there in the persistence of prayer that God is pestering us, working on us to get what he wants people of greater faith who are becoming more and more transformed into his image. I'm going to say that again because that's the main point. Why do I need to be like this widow? Why must I be persistent in prayer? Because it is in the persistence of prayer, not that I'm bugging and working and pestering God for Him to give me what I want, but it's God in the persistence of prayer that is working on me to shape and develop in me a greater faith and to transform me more into His image. This story reminds me of a widow in our church where Karen and I used to serve in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And every, every Sunday in, in the church there, we would have these attendance cards and guest cards that people were supposed to fill out on the back. It was a prayer card. And so we would ask people to flip the card over, fill out your prayer request. They would pass them in at the end of the service. And then our administrative assistants in the office, they would collect these. They would take all the prayer requests, and they're always a good number. They would type them up on a piece of paper. They would hand that paper to the ministry staff and the elders. They would get together on Tuesday mornings, and we would pray over all the requests that were turned in. Up to the time that I left Baton Rouge, I would say that we were, had done that for about 20 years at that point. And I'm guessing that they are still doing that. Ever since I can remember, there was one widow in our church every Sunday filled out the same request. She asked us to pray for her son-in-law to become a Christian. Or just Sunday after Sunday after Sunday for years. Then her very own son came down with leukemia and a number of times nearly died. And his name was on her card. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday along with her son-in-law to become a Christian. Somewhere early in the stage of, of this story, she lost her husband and, and became a widow. And then her daughter-in-law, this is the, the wife of her son who has cancer, who has leukemia. Her daughter-in-law came down with cancer. She nearly died. And so Jenny's name was put on the prayer card alongside Glenn and her son-in-law every Sunday. And though her son and daughter-in-law, their cancer went into remission, she continued to place their names on, on the prayer card because they were still greatly under the threat of cancer as they, they still are weak to this day. And every Sunday without fail, you would always see her son-in-law's name there on the prayer card 
praying that he would become a Christian. And years and years and years later, after these persistent prayers, her son-in-law left his wife, which was this widow's daughter. It's kind of like the opposite of what we're praying for here. Still not becoming a Christian. And so now, though he was no longer in her family, because he's divorced from his wife, which was her daughter, she kept turning in prayer cards, praying for him. And we as elders and ministry staff prayed for him. So I've been gone for a few years, a number of years, and I don't know if her prayers were ever answered. I don't know if her son-in-law ever became a Christian. But I do know this. She didn't give up. She persisted in prayer for him each week as we as ministry staff and elders prayed for her for, for over 20 years. And if you know Marilyn, you would know that she is a woman of great faith with a faith that has gotten her through incredible trials and struggles in the hardest of times in life. And it is a faith that was forged through her persistence in prayer. What are the words to Jesus, to those who get up to start the day, and they find themselves standing on the back porch, and it's not blue skies and rainbows and sunbeams from heaven but the sky is dark and it's dreary and it's raining and you can't get the words to pray because you're so discouraged is he listening will it do any good what's the use Oh, hear the words of Jesus. You have a heavenly Father who deeply loves and cares for you. And He desires to work powerfully in and through your life. Always pray. Never, never, never give up. So let's pray. Would you stand? Father, we come to you again like we do every single Sunday. We bring our hearts and our lives, our our blessings, our joys, and our discouragements before you. And we close with this song not because it's the right ritual that should happen in a church. We lift this song up to you. But Father, as individuals and as the church as a whole, we, we come before you in obedience and prayer. We bring before you our lives. And as we go into this time of prayer, I want to encourage you, if you have come this morning with a request, a burden, or a hurt, I want to ask that you look for one of our shepherds. They'll be wandering around. You'll be able to pick them out. And if you know someone else that's close to you that could pray for you, I want to encourage you to reach out to them. And if you are that person, um, 
find someone to pray with you. And if you aren't and you know someone that needs you, I, I want to ask and encourage you to get up out of your seat. And in this time, let's go, go to them and pray with someone. And let's bring our lives before God. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.